Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Well, the NFL quarterback drama is officially not drying up. The Houston Texans get a new head coach, and immediately the news comes out. Shortly after that uh, discussion began yesterday, Deshaun Watson said, I want to be traded. Uh, I believe what actually happened, if you want to use the term of parlance, is he requested a trade. Uh, he has a no trade clause. So everybody out there who gets obsessed with no trade clauses uh, can know that. And there are odds hung out there on where Deshaun Watson is already going to play uh, if he were to be traded, but from the Houston Texans. Now, I'm going to continue to take the position that there is no way that the Houston Texans are going to be willing to trade Deshaun Watson. That is where I am going to stick. I am not going to abandon that as the potential storyline. I believe that Deshaun Watson is too valuable to allow him to be traded elsewhere. But there are lines out there on where Deshaun Watson would be traded, and there are lots of interesting possibilities to explore And so I think we'll be talking about this quite a bit as we move throughout the program today. And I want to start with why I believe the Texans would be imbeciles to trade him away. Deshaun Watson is a rare unicorn of a quarterback right now. He is 25 years old and he is already proven as a high-end quarterback 
He's got top five numbers right now. You can pick him apart. You can argue, well, if he were so good, why did the Texans go 4-12 and 12 with him? Why did they find a way to, to, to be this bad if he's that good? You're supposed to pay $100 million to a quarterback to avoid this sort of situation ever occurring. I understand all of those arguments. Trust me. Here is the flaw in those arguments as you break them down. There aren't very many Deshaun Watsons. Right now, if the Jacksonville Jaguars knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be as good as Deshaun Watson, they would be ecstatic. If any of us could point for certainty to this year's class of quarterbacks, whether it is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lance, who I know nothing about, right? What's his name? Something Lance. Uh, Look that up, Dub. The guy from uh, the Dakotas. There are tons of guys out there. Kyle Trask. I mean, there might be six guys that go in the first round. I keep forgetting that guy's name. Trey Lance. I don't know if I'm ever going to get it. That sounds, by the way, like a fake name that a bully would have in a uh, in a movie. Trey Lance would definitely be the guy who's picking on Spider-Man uh, in the new Spider-Man movie if they were having to name him, right? So Trey Lance, that's the guy from the Dakotas. We don't know which of these guys is going to be good. And even if you draft a quarterback up top, just look at three years ago. We had five quarterbacks go in the first round three years ago. Who were the two most criticized draft picks in that first round by far? Everybody remember? Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Who are the two most proven quarterbacks so far from that class three years ago? Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Almost nobody said a single word negative in the grand scheme of things about Josh Rosen. Everybody loved Sam Darnold. Lots of love for Baker Mayfield out there as well. The two best so far through three years have been the most criticized. What about the next year after that? In Nashville, my hometown. Who was the most criticized quarterback drafted in the first round in the Nashville NFL draft? Daniel Jones. Got absolutely destroyed, Daniel Jones did. Almost no one criticized Dwayne Haskins. In fact, a ton of people out there said, how in the world are the New York Giants going to take Daniel Jones when Dwayne Haskins is still on the board? Which of those three quarterbacks that went early, I believe there were three, Dub, you can go back and check two years ago, has been the most reliable? Kyler Murray. He went number one overall. Okay. After that, who has been otherwise the most criticized guy out there by far was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was one of the most criticized draft picks I can ever remember seeing in my life. And so Daniel Jones, we don't know whether he's going to be any good or not, but there was almost nothing negative said about Dwayne Haskins. Everybody praised the Washington football team when Dwayne Haskins got drafted. He's already off the team kicked off the team effectively before he could complete two seasons there. And the Washington football team desperately needed a quarterback. And Ron Rivera said, you're not my guy. The point on this is we're starting to get rapid fire results from the quarterback position. Within year two, a lot of times you have a good sense on whether somebody's the right guy, even in year one. If we went back and looked at the rookies last year, Joe Burrow pre-injury, Looked pretty good. Justin Herbert was a revelation. Tua, people are pretty nervous about Tua. I think it's fair to say. 
I hope he pans out. I hope he's fantastic. But that offense with Tua in charge was a lot worse than the offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick in charge. My point on all of this is there's lots of money being invested. And even for top draft picks, there are still a lot of swings and misses. And we are finding out in rapid fashion whether or not some of these guys ever deserve to be first-round draft picks. I think it's fair to say, based on how Josh Rosen's career has gone, he never should have been a first-round draft pick. I think it's fair to say, and that's only three years ago, I think it's fair to say, based on how he's performed already, Dwayne Haskins never should have been a first-round draft pick. And we'll see what happens going forward. By year two, you start to have a pretty good indication of whether a guy makes sense or not. And we know Deshaun Watson makes sense. So a lot of people are like, well, the Texans could trade Deshaun Watson and they could get draft picks, right? There's a lot of talk now about, hey, Deshaun Watson to the Jets, get the number two pick. You can go into the draft. You can pick your favorite quarterback. That's no version of success there guaranteed at all. It's still 50-50 in the first round that your guy is ever going to make sense and not just make sense, but become one of the top signal callers in the league. To me, this is a no-brainer. The Houston Texans cannot move on from Deshaun Watson. They need to stay committed to him, and they need to avoid having to trade him at all. All right, we have got a loaded show for you, by the way. I'm looking at the clock right now, and I'm like, man, I don't have time right now to break down every potential spot that Deshaun Watson could go and explain to you whether or not I think it makes sense. So here's what I'm going to do. When we come back, my guy Joe Kinsey is coming in. He writes all sorts of entertaining and fun articles at OutKick. We're going to hit on a lot of lighthearted, hopefully entertaining stories for all of you out there uh, that he has written about so far this week. Then at the end of the hour, I will start to break down the potential destinations for uh, our uh, our stud quarterback, Deshaun Watson, if the Texans decide to move on from him. I want to make it clear. I don't think they should, but I think there's a decent chance that they may end up getting sort of checkmated into it. So then I will go, I will give you the NFC suggestions, the teams I think it could make sense for Deshaun Watson to join in the NFC, and then I will go to the AFC all that's still coming you this direction. Uh, by the way, Joe Kenzie scheduled to join us. We're also scheduled to be joined uh, in this program by Senator Josh Hawley, a Missouri senator, uh, to talk about a lot of issues in the world of sports and beyond. That is where we are headed. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now outkick writer Joe Kinsey. You can find him at Joe Kinsey EXP, uh, and uh, he'll be ready to roll with you there. He's been doing great work for us at Outkick. A lot of different stories to hit, but let's start here. Do you buy stocks on Robinhood? Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, have you gotten caught up in the uh, in the stock buying frenzy that has taken over the internet? Clay, I, I'm not a Robin Hood guy. Uh, I, listen, I'm not caught up in it. I love watching this, this war that has broken out these uh, these Reddit people. Who in the world are these Reddit people, by the way? 
They're just attacking these stocks, you know, buying them up, attacking the hedge funds. This is old school internet. I'd love to see this. All right, so I'm fascinated by it on so many different levels because for people out there who haven't been paying attention to this story, basically GameStop is the is sort of the focal point, although there's a lot of different stocks that have been in the same sort of universe. They have decided to find stocks with high levels of short interest. And if you're out there listening to me right now, not that I'm a financial expert by any stretch of the imagination, but you can buy a stock and be long it, believe in its long-term future, or you can short it and basically be betting against it. And so if you're betting against it, a lot of times you have to cover your position, which can drive a stock soaring infinitely higher. Um, And these Reddit forums are deciding as a group, hey, we're going to all go buy this stock and the stock market is uh, is uh, you know open to all, although there's some different wrinkles now with the Robinhood app shutting down and not being able to buy stock and all these different angles. And so there's been all this crazy speculative excess where stock prices have basically exploded, not in any way connected to the fundamentals in any way of the business itself, but just based on, hey, everybody's deciding to create their own bubble and uh, and it's turned into a massive story. Now, in a general sense, this makes me think that we're headed towards, you know, if you're old enough, Joe, to remember, I was talking to Dub off the air. He doesn't really remember it. But you remember back in the day, I bet, around, you know, the internet explosion, when the internet was just starting, if you said, hey, we're going to be selling uh, anything on the internet, immediately the stock just went like crazy. And there were all these companies founded that were trading on the internet that didn't have any revenue at all. And then the dot-com crash happened and most of them went, ended up in bankruptcy. Absolutely, Clay. It would have been like dogtreats.com or... Pets.com is one that a lot of people remember. Like they had no business, they just had the domain name. And honestly, a lot of these companies... Like the, the idea behind it was, hey, the internet's going to fundamentally transform everything, and so you need to be investing in the internet as aggressively as you possibly can. And by the way, they were right, right? Like if you had just not paid attention and you'd been like, hey, I think this Amazon thing is going to be a big deal, I mean, you'd be worth tens of millions of dollars if you just put all of your money into Amazon and gotten out of the way. There have been a bunch of big winners, Google uh, and the like, but uh, but everything was going up, and it was just like a speculative excess, and then the bubble popped, and uh, and there were a lot of people who lost a ton of money. Yeah, Clay, I was around for that. Uh, listen, I'm you know I'm I'm pro chaos. Uh, yeah. I know it's going to hurt some people, but I'm pro chaos. Content creators all over the place. These guys are popping up on social media. They're they're claiming to be leaders of the Wall Street Bets Reddit account. You know, I love the chaos. This is what we needed. You know, we're, we're, we don't have football this weekend, so we need some chaos. This is going to pump us right into the weekend, so I love it. Uh, we are talking with Joe Kinsey. All right, there's a bunch of different stories that have been out there. Uh, let's start here. We now know that there have been all the NFL head coaching jobs have been filled. Uh, where does this rank on the uh, on the chaos list? I mean, it's never as exciting as, say, the Tennessee coaching search or college football searches. Uh, but seven NFL coaching jobs filled. Anything jump out to you in a big way? 
Well, Dan Campbell in Detroit, uh, he's yeah. Mr. Chaos. Yes. Uh, that's that's definitely chaos. Uh, who's the guy in Philly? I, I don't know who that guy is, but I saw him do a Zoom call that was, is his name Nick Sirianni or something like that? I think that sounds right. I really don't yeah. know who he is either. I mean, a lot of these NFL yeah. coaches are relatively anonymous uh, assistant coaches, and then they suddenly get the promotion to be the big guy, and most people have never heard of him. Yeah, that's that's my thing, is I'm having trouble uh, getting all their bios down. So I'm just going to stick with Dan Campbell. He's my guy. He's loud. He's brash. He wants kneecaps bitten off. So that's my guy. I love that hire. So we haven't had, so far, at least that I've seen, you remember last, a couple years ago when Brian Flores got hired and uh, you had a couple of the blue checkmark brigade out there immediately be like, oh, I'm sick of all this racism. And they, they thought Brian Flores was not black. Like they had literally hadn't taken the time to actually even Google his name. They just assumed he was a white guy. And then, do you remember that? Like I can't even remember. There were a bunch of different uh, you know writers and reporters in the world of sports media that were complaining about that. And then, uh, and then lo and behold, oh, he's actually a black guy. And they had to delete their tweets and pretend that they hadn't been complaining. Uh, but so far, I don't think we've had any massive viral swings and misses in terms of quick reactions to the coaches, right? Well, now, Jamil, Jamil Hill, she... They're, Jamel. They're, they're, Jamel. Jamel. Yes. Jamel. Uh, they were fired up last week. Um, not enough black coaches hired, not enough black uh, assistants hired. So there were there were some rumblings, but the stock market took over all that. You know, it, it Took over all the storylines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it just Jamel, it took over all the Jamel, trending right. topics. Jamel lost. Uh, does Jamel have a take on Robin Hood and like GameStop and stuff like that? She's got me blocked, so I can't see. There's got to be some sort of racial angle she can take to that. Uh, but she was overrun by Reddit. Uh, Reddit and stocks just have eviscerated all the, the normal hot takes out there. Which, to be honest, actually I appreciate because there's not some identity politics, at least not that I've seen, laden component to uh, whether or not you can buy game stock, uh, GameStop stock. All right, a couple of different stories I want to hit you with here that you've been writing about. You wrote about the best and the worst cities for golfers, and I'm assuming that got a lot of attention because people get so fired up. Where are the best and the worst cities for golfing? Were there any big surprises to you on the list? Well, I have New York City ranked third, third best in the country. For- Seems surprising. Four golfers, best cities in uh, the U.S. New York City is number three. Now, I looked into the what that all means, and New York has New York ranks extremely high for a city to get lessons. So these guys must go into you know they go into some warehouse in New York City and they're doing lessons. So they rank really high for golf lessons. All these rich guys, all these Wall Street bankers, are going in and getting their golf lessons. So New York City somehow snuck into number three. Other than that, on the top list, uh, the top ten, Arizona and California dominant, as you would expect, and uh, Las Vegas at number five. So that makes sense, too, with, uh, based on climate. You can play all year, all year round. Uh, all right. Uh, you are uh, – and I got distracted because I was looking at one of your articles, and by one of your articles, I mean Michaela Maroney is back. So you are uh, you are the king of, like, uh, kind of keeping tabs on who is uh, dominating the uh, the social media universe. We talked about Paulina Gretzky, Selma Hayek. 
Now Michaela Maroney, who won uh, gold all the way back in 2012. She's 25-year-old retired gymnast. People have been in love with Michaela Maroney for a really, really long time. I think, wasn't it Michaela Maroney? Was it in 2016? What was the year when she had like the disgusted face on the uh, the medal stand? Do you remember that? Yeah, that, I, think that I think that was 2012. It, Is that well, when she really became a superstar was 2012? Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, so, gold overall with the U.S. team. Yep, that was her. So people have been in love with her for a while, but now she is back on Instagram, and I'm scrolling through and looking at your report. She is joining, what, Kate Upton, Selma Hayek, uh, I noticed lately Elizabeth Hurley, a lot of the old-school, big-time, early internet stars are starting to you know, kind of flex on some of these young Instagram models that have been trying to steal their shine. Yeah, Clay. This is uh, this is a big storyline in 2021. Are uh, the, the old timers, the old, the old, the OGs of the world uh, that are coming back now, and they're they're like, listen, I'm taking back what was mine, and all these like uh, girls that are like promoting like iced tea and stuff. I don't, you know, they're they're overrunning. They're like Reddit overrunning uh, Jamel Hill. These old schools like Michaela Maroney are coming back. They're getting their titles back. And uh, they're like, listen, I, I did this before any of you, and I'll do it even better. And here they come. Uh, and Liz and Hurley, uh, Liz Hurley, Liz Hurley, fifty five years old. Yeah, Selma Hayek's fifty three, right? What is she? Fifty three, fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Liz Hurley revealed this week that her eighty year old mother took the shot of her barely clothed in the snow. <laughs> it's, this is insane. Elizabeth was Elizabeth Hurley dating or married to uh, to Hugh Grant? Is that when she initially became famous? I think so. I thought that was how it all became. You know, that was and that was like thing. that was like thirty years ago, right? At least, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, all right, so, the Bills obviously uh, their great run came to an end in the AFC Championship game, but you found a Bills fan who spread her father's ashes during the AFC championship game? Yeah, quickly. Uh, the story is that her dad was, uh, he was originally from Western New York. He was, he was going off to Vietnam, Clay, and part of his training was in Kansas. So he goes to Kansas, he becomes a Chiefs fan, comes back from Vietnam, uh, goes back to Buffalo to live, and he's a Chiefs fan. Well, his daughter becomes a, just a huge Bill super fan. Because she grew up, she grew up in New York. He was a Kansas City fan, but she became a Bills fan growing up there. So they had different teams, different allegiances, right? And they had this plan that they would go back and see the Chiefs and Bills when the Bills got good. Well, now the Bills are good, but Dad died in 2019, just before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So she goes to the AFC Championship. She's wearing her dad's ashes. And, you know, the game's out of hand, and she says, now's the time. She releases the ashes in the aisle uh, in front of her seat and uh, peace out to her dad. So how does she wear the, how does she wear the ashes when you say wear the it ashes? It looks like one of those, like, vials that you wear around your neck. Oh, uh, okay. And, and so she has the ashes in there, and she opens it up, and she dumps the ashes out, you know, 
You know, this is actually, I I didn't realize this, but I read a big article. There are a lot of people, for instance, that want to spread their, their heirs ashes, uh, you know, their, uh, I guess not their heirs, their, uh, their mom and their dad, their grandparents, whoever it might be. One of the most popular places in the world to do this. Can you think, or I'll say the United States, where would you think would be one of the most popular places for people to want to do this in the United States? Uh, Disney World. That's right. Disney World what? and Disneyland. No, 100%. What? Huge issues with people coming and uh, and depositing their loved ones' ashes. Now, they'll try to do it secretly because technically you're not supposed to do it. Uh, but it is one of the most – I think it's the most popular place, uh, you know, in terms of a public – I'm sure like the beach, you know, like – uh, you know, fa- land that your family might have owned, whatever. Like those, I'm talking about like a public place where you would have to go through security to get in and do it. Uh, yeah, it's wildly popular uh, for people to do that at Disney World and at Disneyland. Well, I'm heading into the weekend on a hot streak. I need to gamble a little bit. And, yeah, you uh, nailed it. You know, that was a good guess. I nailed it. Uh, all right, so a couple of other stories that you've been writing about at Outkick, and we're talking to Joe Kinsey at Joe Kinsey EXP is where you can find him on Twitter. You can go read uh, his work at Outkick. Lots of fun stories uh, designed to make your day go a little bit more, uh, a little bit hopefully more enjoyable than it otherwise would be. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously has been dominating, but he has got a brother and his pregnant fiance, and they are incredibly active on Twitter. And you find them to be, uh, sorry, on TikTok and uh, like Instagram and all these places, and you find them to be insufferable. Why? Clay, I I cannot stand these two. I'm calling on Tom Brady to humble Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews, pregnant Brittany Matthews, with a giant rock from her half billion dollar fiance. <laughs> these two just scream and act like complete idiots complete idiots clay right in the suites at arrowhead stadium they're screaming and flailing their arms around like maniacs and i am so sick of it these two need to be humbled god 25 and one in the last 26 so they've had a lot of a lot of excitement and enjoyment as kansas city chiefs fans oh it's time to humble these two clay i can't take it i'm calling on people to to join the movement Join the boycott of Brittany and Jackson Mahomes, this annoying TikToker. He's like 20 years old, acting like he's 10. And uh, I need this to stop at the Super Bowl, Clay. It ends now. By the way, speaking of the Super Bowl, where would you rank, uh, I believe, the heiress to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, you know, ownership Gracie Hunt, what's her story? She's young. She always is active. I know you've written and talked about her some. Uh, she's obviously very attractive. Does she have a boyfriend? She's single, right? Like that's a that's a pretty big catch is to be potentially able to date the hot girl who will one day inherit the Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Because most people out there probably not going to make enough money to buy an NFL franchise. So your better chance might be to marry into a family that already has an NFL franchise. Clay, great story from last year. Uh, Gracie Hunt, she used to date. By the way, how old is she? How old is she? She's like 21. 
Okay, okay. I just want to make sure she wasn't like 17 because you never know with all these Instagram accounts and everything else and then people are going to be like, she's 17. She's not that old. She's 21. Is she in college? She's 21, 22. Yeah, she's in college. Yeah. Yeah. So So she's active on social media and really popular, right? Not surprisingly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And by the way, guys on OutKick cannot stand her. They're tired of her. But it's a, it's one of those things. It's a it's a lightning rod. She is, Gracie Hunt is a lightning rod. So we're gonna cover. We're gonna we're gonna promote Gracie Hunt because some of these guys hate her. It makes them click click. But anyway, Drew Locke used to date Gracie Hunt, right? Oh, the starting quarter. I didn't know that. The starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos used to date the owner daughter of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. That is a heck of an AFC West rivalry there. Now, were they dating when he was the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, no, sorry, the of the Broncos? The relationship ended, and it was more or less like, can't can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't beat the quarterback from the Broncos. It's like the, it's the, like the Montagues and the Capulets. You can't cross, you can't cross that, uh, those franchises. Incredible storyline. So whenever Drew Locke goes back to Kansas City, it's Drew Locke versus the heiress. So that is the story with Gracie Hunt was the Drew Locke thing was great. Did she go to Mizzou? Uh, now, is that how they knew each other? She was like a student there and he was a student there? Do we know? I don't know. I, no, I think she goes to SMU. But okay. uh, I, the, the, the Hunt family lives in Dallas, and they fly up to ah. Kansas City on their private jet for everything. They don't, they don't mess with Kansas City. They just visit on uh, game weekends. I got gotcha. you. I didn't know. So I think they have a Texas connection. Anyway, I got you. Gracie is now, you know, Super Bowl heiress, going to another one. So there, guys, it's time. Slide into the DMs, shoot your shot with uh, Gracie Hunt. All right, this is the final story that I'm going to hit you with uh, because I saw this. A 35 year old man named Charles Majawa died in Malawi. In a, uh, in a in a really difficult but also bittersweet way. How did he die? Yeah, Clay. Uh, Charles, he was, uh, just to put it bluntly, he died of excessive orgasm. He, I, uh, I didn't know this was a, a way to die. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, Johns Hopkins says, yeah, it can happen. Not, not very common, but you can die by orgasm. Uh, so he, he hires a hooker. He's, uh, he's 35 time, you know, time to hire a hooker. Uh, you know, it's, he died in, in excessive sweetness is how the local newspaper put it. So, uh, they put it on the, uh, the obituary that it was, uh, excessive, excessive sex led to, uh, you know, the brain just started exploding with, uh, blood vessels, you know, and, uh, pour one out. This, I got to say, a lot of people out there with teenagers, maybe you want to share this article. You're worried about them. They got a new boyfriend. They got a new girlfriend. Convince them that they might die if they think about having sex. Just tossing it out there. If you got a 16, 17-year-old, been locked up for a long time, you're nervous about the boyfriend or the girlfriend, this story on OutKick not saying that terrifying them that they might die to sex is a is a, is 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 a go to move, but I think it might be a useful move. I just tossing it out there, terrify them. Uh, Joe Kinsey, I appreciate you chasing down all of the stories that matter in the world. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Clay. See you next week. 
This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be 
Well, the big story that we have been tracking all throughout the Friday show, and we've been talking about this story quite a bit for a while, is Deshaun Watson officially demanding a trade on Thursday. We talked to open the show about whether or not we thought the Texans would move him and what sort of power they might have. In the second hour, discussed all the different potential teams that might be willing or able to trade for Deshaun Watson. I want to hit you here with uh, a couple of details that I think are significant. I don't know about the interpersonal relationships between Deshaun Watson and everybody with the Houston Texans. But I do know this. If you look at the Houston Texans' success while with Deshaun Watson, the four years that he's been there, they've made the playoffs twice. And if you look at the Houston Texans from 2011 to 2020, that is over this past decade, they are one of the most successful franchises in all of the NFL. In fact, most playoff berths from 2011 to 2020, I saw my buddy Paul Pabst, who's with the Dan Patrick Show, tweet out these totals, and it ties in with what I've been arguing for a while, all right? Which teams have made the playoffs the most over the last decade? Kind of a rough approximation of which teams have been the best run during that decade. Not a surprise, the Patriots made the playoffs nine straight years until this season. I think everybody out there listening to us right now would probably say the Patriots had the best decade of any team in the NFL. They made nine playoff runs. Up next, Packers. Pretty consistently good in Green Bay. They made the playoffs eight of the past 10 years. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson, not awful. Eight of the past 10 years, the Seahawks made the playoffs. Then the Chiefs, who have been really good basically since Andy Reid got there, whether it was with Alex Smith or with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have made the playoffs seven times in the last decade. That's it for teams that have been more successful than the Texans. The Patriots, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs. Only four NFL teams over the past decade have been better than the Houston Texans when it comes to making the playoffs. Tied with six appearances in the past decade, the Texans, the Ravens, the Saints, and the Steelers. All of those teams are really, really good. Far from being a franchise worthy of ridicule and a franchise worthy to demand that you be traded from, the Texans have actually been one of the top 25% most successful teams in the entirety of the NFL. One of the eight most successful teams, and I bet a lot of you, because you don't really necessarily pay a lot of attention to the Texans, I bet a lot of you are surprised by that data point. Patriots, Packers, Seahawks, Chiefs, Texans, Ravens, Saints, and Steelers are the eight most successful teams. And the Texans didn't just go to the playoffs. They won four playoff games there. Now, they haven't advanced to the AFC Championship game. They certainly haven't been to the Super Bowl. But this argument that somehow Deshaun Watson is wasting his career with the Houston Texans, and they are so bad at running a football team that he shouldn't have to play there, 
because of how bad they are. I mean, we're not talking about the Lions. We're not talking about the Bengals. We're talking about team, a team that is actually one of the best in the entirety of the NFL over the past 10 years and one that has had Deshaun Watson in the first four years of his career in the playoffs twice in the years that he could have gone. That's pretty doggone good, especially when you consider that one of those seasons, Deshaun Watson got injured and wasn't even able to finish the year. So for everybody out there that is on the, hey, the Texans are awful, no wonder Deshaun Watson wants to be traded, no wonder he doesn't want to stay with this team, the evidence doesn't actually support that that is true when you look and follow and track what is actually taking place in this discussion points. So, that, I think, is worthy of being discussed. There are teams that are so bad, you could say, I'm done with them. You could even look and compare, let's say, James Harden to Deshaun Watson. We were just talking in the prior segment about all the different guys that have left Houston of late. Uh, as athletes, but you could also argue, hey, James Harden with the Texans, they had experienced the full length of where they were going to go. In other words, they had their chance to win championships. They now are trending down, and I can understand why James Harden would want out of Houston. You might not be happy with it, but you could understand, hey, they had their chance, the Rockets did. They didn't get it done. They couldn't hit any threes in the game seven when they needed to be able to find a way to get a victory. And so I think that was against the Warriors, if I remember correctly. And so you can understand why some guys might want out of the Rockets if you're a stud like James Harden is. But we really haven't hit a lot of bad years in a row. The Texans have had one bad year with Deshaun Watson. And in the context of the larger NFL universe, they've actually been wildly successful. All right, up next, we've got a special guest. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri is going to join us. We're going to talk about his team, the Chiefs. We're going to talk about everything that went down at the Capitol on January 6th, cancel culture, Title IX, Kurt Schilling, protest, books, a lot of different issues coming up next. It is Senator Josh Hawley. This is OutKick. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. We are joined now by a massive Kansas City Chiefs fan. He also happens to be a senator from the state of Missouri. He is Senator Josh Hawley. We've got a lot to get into, but I know for you Kansas City Chiefs fans, you guys felt like you were long-suffering, you couldn't win a playoff game, uh, whenever opportunity seemed to strike, you guys would would you know you were proverbially proverbially sort of Charlie Brown running up the football to kick it, and then Patrick Mahomes shows up, and you guys have won 25 out of your last 26 that he started, which is tied for the best 26 game NFL record in 50 years. Uh, you are favored to win your second straight Super Bowl. Does it feel somewhat like a dream for somebody who grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan to suddenly find yourself in such an embarrassment of football riches here? <laughs> yes, it does. Unequivocally, 100%. 
Yes. And, uh, yeah, I tell you, Clay, I mean, growing up, I grew up in Lexington, Missouri, which is about an hour outside of Kansas City. So, so pretty close, right in the Kansas City media market. My dad was a, uh, a college football player at a small college in Kansas. So football's kind of in the family. And I, I played Pee Wee from the time I was a little guy all through high school. So we love football, love sports, love the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, the Montana years came when I was right at the beginning of high school. That was the previous kind of highlight. Like, I remember then it was like, oh, man, Montana, he was already a legend, of course. I thought we're going to make the Super Bowl. We got to the AFC Championship game, I think, his first year. Lost that game, never made it to the Super Bowl. So to finally get there and now to be on the cusp of kind of – I don't want to jinx this by talking too much about stuff like Dynasty, but I'll just say what's obvious to everybody, Mahomes – Clearly a generational talent, the, the talent around him. Kelsey on down the line is incredible. They seem like they're just they're good men, uh, good citizens in the community. People love them, love what they're doing, and uh, it's just awesome all the way around. So where will you watch? I know it's still, whatever it is, nine days till the Super Bowl, but will you just sit at home with your family and watch the game at home? Is that kind of the typical Sunday when you have time and you can actually sit down and watch them play? Yeah, and I'll, I'll watch, we will, and uh, I'll watch with my boys. I've got uh, two little boys, and we just had a, a baby girl, so we've got a newborn in the house now. I my, saw that, my boys yeah. Are, are eight and six, and uh, they're big football fans, big Chiefs fans, and, uh, you know, we've, we've loved watching games together last year and this year. Last year was the first year I could really get them into it where they're kind of old enough to, to sit through most of a game, and uh, which was a great year for them to do it. And then this year has, has been awesome as well. So they're pumped about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We watched the FC Championship together. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll just be, it'll be a great memory for me with them. How are you sleeping, by the way? Because you, you kind of got through the weeds if you have an 8- and a 6-year-old, and then you go back in with a newborn. We did something similar. I've got a 12, a 10, and a 6. So we were in pretty good shape, and then, boom, we bring a new baby into the house. How's that going? Um, it's been interesting. I tell you, it has made me feel uh, a lot older. I, I yeah. think my wife and her, when we, uh, the, the first, I think the second day that our daughter was home, I said, uh, man, I am a lot older than I thought I was because I don't remember it being this hard to be up at two in the morning uh, with the boys. You know, I mean, this is just, I, I really, I'm out of shape on this. I got to get back with it. So, but she's knock on wood. She's a pretty good sleeper. And uh, it's you know it, it's a it's a delight to have uh, a newborn and to get to relive that. And my kids are old enough, and, and you've experienced it with your two older ones. When they're of that age, they kind of live through the the magic of the newborn with you. And with yeah. two boys, I mean that's just hilarious. So every every day brings some new hilarity. So um, it's great. We're blessed. We're talking to uh, Senator Josh Hawley. You can uh, certainly follow him on Twitter. You can uh, you can watch him uh, as he's been fighting a lot of interesting battles, and we're going to get into that in a bit. But we're kind of leading in here through the sports universe and the sports prism. And we've talked about this before because you've had your own issues with uh, the NBA and sort of their uh, genuflecting at the altar of corporate wokeness, uh, as I would say. And I didn't think this got as much attention as maybe I anticipated as – The Trump administration was going out. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo came out and said, we have determined that China is committing genocide. There are these uh, Uyghur Muslim populations. They've actually been bragging about the genocide basically on Twitter, which is its own story. So far, it appears that the uh, Joe Biden administration is endorsing that finding. In other words, they're not making it political. They are also saying it's genocide. Yet amazingly, Senator Hawley, the... NBA wants to give political opinions on everything under the sun, 
I have yet to hear from any player, coach, executive, uh, or owner who has said, hey, you know, we condemn genocide, which doesn't happen that often that the United States government actually finds that genocide has been occurring. Are you surprised by the silence? And what would you say from a corporate perspective to those organizations that may well be profiting off of slave labor uh, in in China while lecturing us about American political situations here like the NBA is doing? Yeah, it's the it's the profits I think Clay that that's really problematic when it comes to to the NBA situation. It's NBA corporate and the money they make out of China, which is you know just unbelievable, accounts for a huge percentage of the NBA's profits. Uh, we've seen widespread reports that a lot of the apparel, NBA apparel, uh, is made using slave labor, Uyghur labor. Uh, this uh, this Muslim minority that is uh, persecuted and is the, the subject of genocide in China. So, you know, I really think that I've said this over and over and over again, that the NBA here, if they want to be the corporate citizens that they say that they are, they need to stand up because, and it's not just a matter of like, oh, why are you calling on them to you know, comment on this or that social issue? I'm not. They make a gob of money in China. They profit off of this. They ought to pledge to be slave free. The NBA should. They should say, we're going slave free. We're not going to, we'll have no profits tied to slave labor whatsoever. And we condemn the genocide in China, and we're not going to be part of it in any way, shape, or form. I think that's just their basic obligation, given their financial benefit that they get out of this deal. But so far, it's been crickets. And I have to say, I mean, I think that's pretty disappointing. It's, it's sounding also, because this is where we go with sort of the media that will provide a shield. It's one thing for the NBA to avoid answering questions like this. It's another thing entirely for the NBA media, which should be pointing out, and by the way, this is directly connected because of uh, former uh, current, I guess, GM Daryl Morey, who switched teams from Houston to the East Coast, having come out and said that he supports Hong Kong democracy and everybody in the NBA went silent. And so when anything happens in the United States that's remotely the least bit uh, unacceptable, you know, they talk about being on the wrong side of history and how awful it is. But we've got clearly the wrong side of history. Genocide, kind of a big deal. Certainly the wrong side of history. Slave labor, also the wrong side of history. You've got the NBA profiting directly off of slave labor, according to reports out there about where their products are being made. Nobody's saying a word. Yeah, it's kind of, it shows you that people, uh, they're happy to be on the right side of money. Yeah, uh, that's that's well said. Particularly these big uh, multinational corporations, you know, the NBA is no different in that respect from, from some of these other multinationals that have been happy to ship American jobs off to China and uh, to make American workers compete against slave labor and then to give jobs away uh, to, to, uh, to folks overseas in, in a cycle that perpetuates the slave labor and then also hurts Americans. So this, unfortunately, is a pattern. And, uh, you know, I just say again, if you're making profit, you're making money hand over fist. Uh, from uh, slave labor, uh, whether it's directly or indirectly, I think you've got an obligation to to look at that and say, hold on a second, are we are we complicit here? The very least you can do is condemn it and say that this should not be going on. And then secondly, you shouldn't be aiding and abetting it in any way. And that's true of all these corporations. I mean, it's true of the NBA. It's true of these other big multinationals. Uh, it, this is this is a a big problem for a lot of the biggest corporations in this country who, as you say, they, they love to tell Americans, like, here's what you ought to say, here's what you can't say, but don't tell us how to make our money. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's reasonable to say to them, don't endorse genocide.
this is another big story that connects to the world of sports. We haven't talked about it a lot on the program, but it has gotten a lot of attention uh, because there are many people out there who are active in women's sports that are in disbelief about where we are. And for people out there who don't know, there are a couple of different lawsuits pending. One in Connecticut, I believe one in Idaho. In particular in Connecticut, a lot of high school women who had been competing for state championships in track and field had an issue where uh, biological men who identify as women, transgender uh, runners, began to compete in Connecticut and they won 15, I believe it was, state championships over women. Uh, They sued under Title IX, these high school girls did, uh, and they won a ruling which said, uh, and it's still pending and working its way through the courts, but I had a stat here for you, Senator Holly. I know you're a big sports fan, uh, and I'm reading from uh, Amy uh, Alkin and Abigail Schreier. They have written pieces uh, most recently in the Wall Street Journal, and this is what Abigail Schreier's article said in the Wall Street Journal. The fastest female sprinter in the world is American runner Allison Felix, a woman with more gold medals than Usain Bolt. Her lifetime best for the 400-meter run is 49.26 seconds. Based on 2018 data, nearly 300 high school boys in the United States alone could beat the all-time female record for the 400-meter run. As someone who believes, and certainly most of my listeners do as well, that sports is the great meritocracy, right? If you are the best man or woman in your sport, you deserve to win. Joe Biden is now saying that transgender athletes can compete against women. This is creating a major conflict for Title IX, which is what has allowed so many female athletes to succeed. How do you reconcile those two positions, being pro-women sports and then being pro-transgender athletes being able to identify as women and compete and beat them because biologically, oftentimes, these men are bigger, stronger, and faster before they decide to transition to womanhood. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if they can be reconciled in the way that, that uh, the president is trying to do it. I mean, I just I have to tell you, Clay, I think that the, the steps that he is taking on this are are really radical. And, yeah. and the fact that he's doing it by executive order is really radical. You know, I just, I just think it, it, it's there's no chance with an executive order. You know, that that's a that's a directive. I mean, that's there's no chance to have a debate. There's no chance to explore alternatives. There's no chance to say, well, okay, now hold on, but you know, maybe we maybe we set up the rules this way, or maybe we can tweak it that way. It's it's just a straight down directive, top down. And boy, I just I just think that that's uh, that is kind of a radical approach. Especially on an issue like this one, uh, where you've got a lot at stake, and uh, you know the stats that that you quoted are are really really significant and eye opening. And so I just think the the way in which the president is going about this um, is is kind of alarming, and uh, I I think it is it, it just does not leave much, if any, room to say, well, hold on now, what are, what are the alternatives here, and and how are we going to make sure that. Um, uh, females, biological females, can continue to have every opportunity possible uh, to compete, to win, to have a great sports experience, to to go on for those who want it professionally, and and uh, so on. So uh, you know, I, I just think I think this is the wrong approach that he's taking. So uh, we're talking to Senator Josh Hawley. I read your piece in the New York Post recently about cancel culture, and I I think it's fascinating. I know you've got a book coming out about big tech, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. 
But obviously, we are living through right now a crazy time in the stock market, right? For people out there who are paying attention, uh, individual uh, investors are buying up shares, going head-to-head against people who might be shorting stocks. I understand some of you got your heads rolling back into your eyes. You don't find it to be that interesting uh, because you may not be investors. But what connects these stories to me with what you're talking about is recently, uh, as in Thursday, Robinhood, which is an investor tech platform, was not allowing people on that platform to buy stock in GameStop because they didn't believe it should be permissible. This, to me, ties in in many ways with what Twitter has done when it comes to banning and shadow banning people from President Trump to uh, to others that are having, quote-unquote, unacceptable opinions. Now you've got unacceptable stocks to be buying. When are the general public and Americans, regardless of their politics, going to stand up and say, wait a minute, what happened to our individual freedom, our marketplace of ideas? Heck, just the straight-up stock market marketplace in general. How much power does big tech have, and how do we start to make it so uh, just just be able to bend to the will of the American populace and understand that their power is not unlimited. You know, it's it's a great question. And what I notice is is that these big giant corporate monopolies, uh, they're all for having free speech and and freedom to buy and sell, so long as they can control it. But if you want to do something that that uh, hurts their bottom line, then look what we do with GameStop. I mean, with this GameStop thing, these these retail investors, these day traders. They have been subjected to more criticism and probably now regulation by these by, by the marketplace and by these big companies than the people who single-handedly crashed the entire financial system in 2008 and then got bailed out by the federal government. I mean, That's right. really, the double standard here is amazing, and it's just because I think it's because you know the day traders are are just individuals. And uh, and the folks, you know, the hedge fund guys, they're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we do this for a living, like you can't compete with us. So there's an incredible double standard that's all about who has the power, and you see that in the tech space more generally. You know, these big platforms, they're all for free speech. If you're speaking how they want you to speak, but if they disagree, if you threaten their bottom line, if you cause trouble for them, then they'll kick you off, silence you, throttle you down, use their algorithms against you. And I just think the bottom line, Clay, is that we're, whatever your politics are on this, Americans believe in the First Amendment, and they also believe that power shouldn't be concentrated into the hands of just a few people, because bad things always happen when that is the case. And we're seeing that, unfortunately, right now in this country. We're seeing too much power concentrated into too few hands, particularly these big tech companies and these big corporate monopolies, and they're using that power. And, uh, you know, that we just we've got to stand up to that and stop that. You are a Supreme Court clerk. Uh, you are obviously highly educated in the fields of law. Uh, I also went to law school. I was not a Supreme Court clerk. You're far more accomplished legally uh, in terms of scholarship by far than me. But one thing that I like about your positions, even if I don't always agree with them, is they are very much rooted, I believe, in a consistency of process, right? It seems to me that most people now, and I'll use protests for example, because I know you were in uh, in the in the Senate uh, when the the Capitol was stormed. People are insisting, and I agree with them, that people who break the law while protesting should be punished when they storm the Capitol. But simultaneously, all summer long, we heard, well, when you're angry enough, the law really doesn't matter as it pertained to all the protests that were going on all summer long. 
So my question for you is, I was one of the few people in the media who's got at least a consistent position here, which is when you break the law, you should be punished for it. You should be uh, held up as, uh, as, as to the fullest extent of the law as it pertains for protest. Why do you think so many people are incapable of consistency under their arguments? And the funniest part to me about this, and I shouldn't say funny, it's like, it's kind of ironically funny, I guess, is when one of your colleagues, Senator Tom Cotton, said, hey, we need to call in the the, uh, the the army to make sure the National Guard that everyone is safe in these cities and end all these protests. They fired the editor of the New York Times for even allowing that to be published on the editorial page. And then wow. as soon as what happened on January 6th occurred, all of the military got called in and they did exactly what Senator Cotton had argued for, but then it was directed at somebody who had different political views. This is what frustrates me the most. Yeah, I, I, you're totally right, and I think the answer in terms of the double standard is, unfortunately, it's, it's just politics. I mean, people, this goes back to people with power who favor one point of view over another. I mean, here's what the, the consistent line ought to be, which is that if you break the law, you're going to jail. If you riot, you're going to prison. If you hurt people, you're going to get prosecuted, and you're going to get yeah. punished to the fullest extent of the law, and I don't care what your reason is. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't care if you are right-wing, if you're left-wing, if you're, it doesn't matter. If you are rioting, burning stuff, looting, assaulting cops, shooting them, you're going to jail. The First Amendment protects peaceful protests. And you know what? I will stand up and have stood up for the right of every person in this country to peacefully protest no matter what they're protesting, even if I completely disagree with them. But what I will not stand up for is anybody rioting and breaking the law and 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 being engaging in criminal violence like uh-uh it's not going to happen but i just think that you see a lot of double standard and i think it's because politically it's advantageous unfortunately for some people to say well if it's kind of it's my side or it's sort of you know folks who i agree with then it's okay if it's the other side boy they've got to be smacked down and the answer is is that uh, peaceful protests uh, are are totally legitimate ought to be protected and you don't have to agree with the protesters, but mob violence of any kind, that's got to be stopped. And uh, that is, that's a position that I have taken. I condemned the riots all throughout the summer, including what happened in my home state of Missouri, where you know, the officer David Dorn was, was shot in cold blood and killed as part of the riot. Uh, riots are illegal. Uh, they are criminal. They are not protected by the Constitution. But, uh, and I condemn the Capitol riots in the same way. There's no difference. Those folks who stormed the Capitol, that was criminal. That was, that was illegal. They should go to prison and be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But the right to peacefully gather, that we've got to stand up for and protect. They took away your book contract. I believe it was Simon & Schuster because you questioned the election results in the Senate on January 6th. Uh, I believe also your family, you mentioned that you had a newborn daughter, uh, there were protesters who showed up at your home uh, and uh, and and also intimidated and uh, behaved, I think, pretty much in a way that most people out there listening to us right now would consider to be a uh, abominable manner, right? Not any way defensible. Um, what was it like to lose your book contract? What has happened since? And why did you write the piece that you did for the New York Post about the fallout from everything that happened on January 6th? You know, I just think that it's important, number one, to call out what's happening in the country right now, which is an attempt to silence and to cancel people who hold different political views. You know, on January 6th, I, I objected to the state of Pennsylvania's electoral votes, 
which triggered a debate in the United States Senate. This is under the rule, under the laws of the United States and the rules of the Senate. If the House members and senators, if they say, hold on, I've got an objection, when you're counting the electoral votes, then you have a debate afterwards, and then you have a vote. So I did that in order to trigger a debate about election integrity. I think we need to adopt some election reforms going forward. I think we need a commission on election reform. So that's why I objected, and that's what I did. And and uh, then I'm told, and by the way, Democrats, Democrat members of Congress have done this in all of the last three elections that Republicans won in 2001, yeah. 2005, 2017. And it was their right to do so, Clay. That's totally fine. It was their right. But to now come out and have the left now say, oh, Josh, you did that. You were inciting violence by doing that. That's just false. That's just a lie. And to try to use that as an attempt to say any kind of dissent that we disagree with should be silenced, should be canceled. You know, you shouldn't be able to publish. You shouldn't be able uh, to to uh, have have political events. Uh, you know, we've had corporate sponsors say, I'm not going to let you have a political event at my property and so on. You know, it's just this is crazy. It's like, listen, you don't have to agree with me. I mean, you could you could listen you could look at my objection and say, "Man, eh, Josh, I'm, I'm not with you on that. I, I don't agree." That's fine, but there's a big difference between saying, "Now, nah, I, I take a different view from you on this," and saying, "Oh, you ought to be silenced, and everybody who supports you ought to be silenced and driven out of public life." I just think that's not America. That's not the Constitution. That's crazy, and I think it's incumbent upon those of us who, who in my case. I have been elected to office and are representing the views of my constituents. I got to stand up and call that out and say, no way, man, I'm not going to be silenced. I'm not going to back down. We can disagree. That's fine. We resolve our, our disputes in a democratic way. But this cancel culture is out of control. We just had uh, Kurt Schilling on this week on the show, a famous pitcher, obviously, who had tremendous success with the Red Sox when they finally beat the Yankees. He was not voted into the Hall of Fame, he said, almost entirely because of his conservative political views, because he supported George W. Bush first and then on up to Donald Trump as a Republican. He said if he had never made any political commentary, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. He said if he had been a Bernie bro or an Obama supporter or a Biden supporter, he would be in. That seems to me to be fundamentally flawed, and I'm sure you would agree. Last question for you. Um, there's talk about what's going to happen with impeachment next month. Uh, it appears that basically impeachment is dead on arrival because 45 Republicans have said they don't believe that under the Constitution, a president who is no longer seated can be impeached. That's a debatable topic, probably would go all the way to the Supreme Court itself, as I'm sure you well know, having been a Supreme Court clerk. Bigger picture here, it seems like there are some people who are in favor, Democrats and Republicans, of just saying this entire process is a charade. Let's just censure the president for his behavior and then not even have an impeachment trial. Is that a better result for the American public? How is this going to play out next month? Well, I think the impeachment trial is, is, is the wrong way to go about this, Clay, principally because whatever you think of, of the former president, the Constitution is, is pretty clear about who can be impeached and private citizens cannot be and the then you know, it it says the constitution also says how the trial should go it says the chief justice of the united states john roberts you now has to preside that's not happening if you look who's going to preside at this trial it's going to be a democrat patrick Leahy, a member of the senate so what's happening now is the senate is just making it up and unfortunately democrats in the senate are just making it up as they go along and my argument is that's just really bad for the country because we what you don't want is you don't want this to happen every four years that that the guy who or gal who loses and is on the way out the door, the party that comes in is like, okay, good. Now I'm going to come and teach you. I'm going to go after all your supporters. I mean, that's not America. That's not what our Constitution says. So 
you know, I, I think that this, this whole approach, I think it's unconstitutional. Uh, I think it, it's totally, I think it's hugely divisive. And you talk about dividing and, and animosity. You know, the president has been saying, President Biden has been saying he wants to bring the country together. This is a good opportunity to do that, to say, come on, let's focus. We've got some big challenges right now, like, for instance, the pandemic, uh, like getting people back to work. Let's focus on those, and uh, let's see if we can't come together. I appreciate the time. I know how busy you are. Uh, we'll talk to you again when the book comes out. I look forward to reading it. That is Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. Have a good weekend, and good luck. i got money on your Kansas City Chiefs. I need them to win. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.